0: It seems like everything's going to hell in a handbasket, doesn't it? The whole world right now is just a freaking mess. And doesn't seem like there's any hope for it to get any better, does it? Forget about COVID. I mean, I'm not even talking about COVID today. COVID is passé in my world. My world, it's this July 1914 thinking again. This idea that somehow or another the world is just fine—it's—it's going to be okay. Yeah, everything's going to be—I don't know. It's like we said the other day on WTF, it's like we're waiting for the, the Tour de France to end before we can freaking go off our our rockers on the on what's going on. It's keeping me up, or would keep me up at night, but. I don't know. Before, I, before you get really depressed, before you go, oh, Dave, he's just ranting again about the world's going to end in World War III and blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. But it does seem like there's a ton of stuff that just isn't rational. War is not rational. It's, it's just not. Particularly in the modern era, it's just not rational. And it's almost always started by irrational people. I don't care what you think of him otherwise, but Vladimir Putin is irrational. Now, in his mind, he's not, but, in his, but his actions are irrational. There's no way he can be looking at this thinking, I'm going to come out ahead. If I just invade Ukraine, he's believing that he, there's some advantage to this. Now, why he believes that is questionable. Has he convinced himself that he's really stronger than NATO? I'm sure he's stronger than Ukraine, but is he really stronger than the nations that will potentially come against him? Has he convinced himself of that? Or does he just perceive that there's weakness on the the NATO side of things, whether that's military weakness or something worse, spiritual weakness? And I don't mean spiritual in the sense of we're not Christian enough. That's not what I mean. What I mean is the spirit that motivates a nation, to stand against militarism, imperialism, and nationalism, the three distinct causes of World War I? Or is it even more than that? Is it, is it um, I don't know, emotional? There's, there's this element that maybe he perceives that there's just no concern about. NATO itself seems divided. Germany is not allowing flights over Germany to take arms and men to Ukraine, which is what Britain is doing, which is fine. I don't have a problem with it. But does he look at it and see, well, emotionally they're divided? But it's not rational to play chicken either. In other words, to ramp all this stuff up, and then at the last second just veer away is not a rational thing to do because in Russia, and I don't live there, so I don't know, but he's got to be telling his people something. He's got to be building up motivation amongst his people for something with this. And then the problem with it is, is that, okay, you do all this buildup and then you back off. And what do you have to show for it? The West has already made it clear. They're not going to give you your guarantees that you want which aren't really guarantees as much as they are demands, but you get the idea. Playing chicken isn't rational either. So he's either going to have to invade or what? And then what happens? If you were looking for confidence yesterday from the press conference of the president of the United States, I'm just going to say, sadly, I don't think you got any. I, I certainly didn't get any confidence out of what he had to say about Ukraine and it's over there, Ukraine. <laughs> What's going to happen? For those of you watching the video, sorry, it's it's backwards. So sometimes I can't, I, I got to think about what I'm pointing at. If you were looking for confidence yesterday about what was going to happen in Ukraine, I, I didn't get it from the president. I seem to get somewhere between it's a bad idea and we'll sanction him and he will punish him and his comment about, well, I I believe we're going in. And this leads me to my other annual depressive reminder that thanks to a do nothing and except try to shed itself of any responsibility whatsoever, Congress, an unconstitutional law was passed back in 1973. It was vetoed and the Congress overrode the veto. It's called the War Powers Act. And in essence, at its core, what it does, you can, you can argue all you want the, the the technicalities of it, and who has to report where and what. But the reality is that one man, one person can decide that this country is at war over Ukraine. One person can do that. And that person spent two hours yesterday telling me that he thinks he's been a great success in the last year. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. Russian Communist Party, there is still one, is calling for the annexation of Ukraine and Kazakhstan. They want them reabsorbed into a Nouveau Soviet Union, I guess. Probably not going to get that, but but, you know, there you go. And the West and the the Russians continue to remind us. Putin continues to remind us that we must meet their demands, and if we don't meet their demands, they are going to take action into their own hands. In the meantime as if that weren't all enough you've got north korea firing off missiles again oh and yesterday they announced that they're no longer going to consider the united states a partner in any way shape or form they declared that the united states is in fact hostile to them and therefore they will begin drawing up plans to destroy us now again it's north korea i get it but isn't it weird that the media yesterday what media was covering this was blaming president Trump for this. Now, as I recall, North Korea firing off missiles, Trump went over there, met with him, basically showed him a movie, walked into North Korea, which no other U.S. president had done. And we hadn't heard anything for a while. The new guy perceived weakness and they're firing off missiles again and threatening to destroy us. China currently threatening to retake the seas over there. We had a a United States Navy warship yesterday go through an area in the South China sea that China objects to. And they demanded that we stop doing that. Made it clear that they're still going to go after Taiwan. It's that issue has not gone away folks. And you need to understand that this is not, none of this stuff is happening a by accident or B without purpose. It's a giant, freaking, depressing, scary mess. Right? Ops, you know, open source intelligence over the last couple of days has been going bananas. You know why? Because ships, United States Navy ships, are leaving ports. They're they're leaving There's like 40 ships left yesterday or the day before yesterday, and everybody's having a over this. And, of course, this is causing people to panic. Well, these ships have to be losing. They have to be leaving port to be ready for, for this war. Now, rational people see the danger. They fear the kinetic, potential kinetic combat. They see these ships leaving port, and they put two and two together, and they go, well, it must be, it must be five. Because there can't be any other rational explanation for it. Now, it turns out, I made a few calls, a few texts turns out that most of these ships are working up for regular deployments because they just got off Christmas break, and January tends to be a very active time for the United States Navy because all these ships took all this time off. And now, since we're only September, October, November, December, since we're only four months into the fiscal year, they still got money, so they're going out and practicing and shooting missiles and getting all the training in now. There's nothing unusual about it. It happens every year but it's just about too much for anybody to put all these pieces together and go, the end is near. The end is near. Why not just give up and quit? Why not? We might as well just crawl into our bomb shelters, our holes and, and be depressed. And the world is over. The world is at an end. It's done. It's over. It's why bother, right? I mean, I've seen this in in recent days and and maybe I'm a little guilty of it myself. Uh, I was on Bill's show the other day and Bill's been battling this whole thing with, people who, who just want to quit, just want to give up on elections. And unfortunately, I think I contributed to some of that with my comments about house training of politicians. I, I don't believe that we should just quit in, in elections and I want to be clear about that, but there's this attitude of, we should just give up and quit because the world is the end isn't near and everything's just about over, right? Everything's just about through. And it almost makes you just sit back and, <sighs> why bother? It's all going to be, it's all going to end anyway, right? That's almost the attitude that it seems to take. You know, sometimes I, I, I fall track to this myself sometimes, but in reality, there's a different way to look at things. And it, it, it is, a, it's all about perspective. Everything is about perspective. Everything is about looking at something properly and not getting convinced that you're seeing just the bad, just the worst of everything. It's easy to lose track of what's really important, but sometimes you need to step back and go, okay, wait a minute. What really matters here? What, what's really important? What's, you know, should I really be afraid? Now look, I'm not Pollyanna. I'm not, I'm not throwing my hands in the air with my doll and going, yeah, yeah everything's great. I'm I'm not that person. I'm not a Pollyanish person. I believe, well, when I was a football coach, I used to make my team practice in the worst weather I could possibly hell, I had a practice one day in the middle of the edge of a hurricane. And people were saying, Why are you doing this? Why are you, you Well, my my attitude was if you can play in this, you can play in anything. So let's get it right here. And then when the weather's great, we won't have any problems at all. It was crazy, but it was my attitude. It was my my perspective of things. And when you see, when you look at the world with the perspective of, I guess, the typical talk show host of today, commenter, blogger, podcaster of today, you look at it and you go, oh, everything's terrible. Because terrible news sells. I mean, let's face it. People are listening to podcasts and news programs and, radio shows because they want to hear how bad things really are because they know they're bad and they just need that reinforced in their head. And sometimes I think, mm, is that really the way we want to be doing this? Last night I was sitting in class and there was a discussion about the Torah portion that we're studying right now, which is Yitro the story of Jethro Moses, his father-in-law and the comment that, Jethro came to Moses because he wanted to convert. He wanted to be part of the Jewish nation. And the Talmud, of course, goes into this discussion about why did he want to convert? Why why did he want to be Jewish? And even to this day, and I can tell you this from personal experience, if you go to a rabbi and say, I want to convert to Judaism, he'll tell you, No. No, you don't. You don't want to be Jewish. Why? Why do you want to be Jewish? And he will send you away. Now there's a tradition that he'll send you away three times. I, that didn't happen, but get ready to face some questioning. When you go to a church and you go to a Christian church and say, hey, I'd like to join, they throw the doors open, man, come on in here. We got this program. We got that thing. We got this service. We got that. I don't have any experience with other faiths like Buddhism or anything like that, but I've never heard tales of, of anybody really having any problems converting that. When it comes to Judaism, however, we are very resistive to the idea of someone converting to Judaism. Why? Because Judaism is a life of harassment and persecution. This is the history of Judaism. It's a a life of pessimism in in some ways. I mean, we all joke about Jewish grandmothers, and I have one, Jewish mother, even though she's not Jewish, believe me, she is Jewish. Um, But we have this, this concept that, your life is not going to be great. I mean, why, why come to be a Jew and be miserable all the time and be harassed and be all this other stuff? Because this is what the perception is. Jews have gone through the Holocaust. They've gone through various pogroms. They've gone through, uh, you know, hundreds of attempts to eradicate us. And yet through all of that, our sages tell us, this world, the world you see behind me, is a garden. And we should be looking at it like it's a garden, like it's beautiful, like it's amazing. Which seems to fly in the face of what's really going on. Why are we told that? There is a Hasidic discourse in which is based entirely upon a single verse, one verse, found in the book of Song of Songs. You might call it Song of Solomon. I don't care whatever you want to call it. It's not a book you hear a lot of exposition from. But in the fifth chapter, in the first verse of that word, the king says, I have come to my garden. And from that little phrase, the rabbis have built this concept that this world is a garden. It's not just a garden. It's not just some garden. It's not just that garden. It is God's garden. It's the only place on the, in, in the universe that God has designated as where he wants to be. It's his home. It's, this, is, this is my place. And so when we look around the world and we see all this bad and all this crazy stuff, we could look at it as, oh my God, this is terrible. I need to pull my hair out. I need to bash my head against the wall. I need to put on sackcloth and ashes or whatever. Or we can take the approach of all of that stuff is minor. The rabbis compare it. I'm not making this up. The rabbis compare it to a mosquito bite. When you're sitting with your, with your love, when you're, when you're sitting on a park bench with your love and a mosquito bite, you don't really notice. Sucks. Might, might itch, might scratch, might even have malaria. But you're so focused on what's beautiful and what's right with things that you don't even notice. Einstein said it, you know, theory of relativity. Uh, when you sp- spend an hour in a dentist chair, it's, it sucks. And spend an hour on a bench with a pretty girl and it goes by really quick. It's our job to spread this idea, this, this concept, that God isn't just in control. He's not, you know. Look, I, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a firm believer in free will. I don't think that God is up there moving pieces on a chessboard. I, I just I don't accept that. But this is His home. This is His garden, as He said. I've come to My garden, and so consequently, we can take that approach to it. That well, this is God's home, and and we should be we should be happy to be here. We've been invited in. We've been we've been pl- honored to live here. And we have a responsibility to teach and spread that idea, this positivity of, yeah, sure, things look bad. Sure, things are, you know, 7% inflation. <laughs> sure, Ukraine's getting ready to be invaded. Sure, Taiwan's getting ready to be invaded. Sure, North Korea's are firing off missiles. Hell, even Iran's involved nowadays. And all of those things are distractions from the idea that this is God's garden, this is his world, this is his place, this is where he chooses to be, and we can be positive about things because ultimately it's still God's, or we can succumb to the negative, and throw in the towel and just quit and go, oh, it's not, it doesn't matter. And that leads to the question of, well, why do we talk show hosts keep doing this? Why do I keep doing this? Dave, why do, you, why do you keep talking about things? Because isn't that just feeding the depression? It shouldn't. And I'm going to make a conscious effort in the future going forward not to. But we have a responsibility to do that because it's educa- educational. It's important to share information in such a way that generates positivity and uplifting. And in doing so, sure, we got to talk about the bad stuff. We got to talk about the things that are, you know, not great. But if we can talk about them in a positive way, and if we can talk about them under the reminder that, you know, look, war, war is irrational. It's going to suck. People are going to die. Lots of people are going to die. And I don't mean to be Vanessa Hudgens on you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm Pollyanna. What I'm saying is still God's garden, And we still have a responsibility to treat it that way. We still have a responsibility to act as if we are in the house, the garden of the king. And if we choose that path and we keep talking about it, well, then it's like the, the old shampoo commercial, right? I tell two friends, they tell two friends, they tell two friends. And pretty soon... Maybe that's what we're talking about. Instead of how we should just give up, quit, throw in the towel because it's so bad. Now, maybe a little positivity can remind us that this world, as screwed up as it may seem to our human perception, is God's garden. And let's start treating it like that.